Hey storygoers, Eric here. I just want to give a quick warning that this episode has depictions of blood and gore, violence, swearing, and sexual abuse. Viewer discretion is advised. This is part two of No More Heroes. And in the last episode, Travis Touchdown began his journey of blood and gore to become the world's number one assassin. Currently, he's ranked number seven. Travis checked his telephone at his motel for new messages. He was instructed to pay his entrance fee for the next fight, which he was able to do. Each fight costing more and more money. Sylvia called him again. Travis, hello? I'm at the beach. Are you coming? Not like I'm waiting for you or anything. Travis said nothing as he quickly ran out of the door and drove down to Body Slam Beach. He walked onto the sands of the beach and found Sylvia sunbathing. Rub some oil on me, will you? Me? You serious? What? Is, is there a problem? No! I thought you'd never ask. Travis began to rub oil on Sylvia's legs. Your next opponent is here on this beach. <laughs> Just up ahead. So I'm supposed to fight on the beach? That is one of the conditions. Why? That's for you to figure out. Feels good. What other hidden talents do you have, Travis? Travis's hands move a little higher. Go any higher and I'll kill you myself. Not until you become number one. You have a deal, remember? So hurry up and go get him. Travis quickly stood to attention. Yes, your highness. Travis traveled throughout the bomb-riddled and assassin-infested beach, dodging landmines and killing anyone who stood in his way. As he made it to the end of the beach... His cell phone rang. Travis, hello. The secret beach is up ahead. Then it's ranking match time. Win and you'll be number six. Lose and your no home will be in the flaming tombs of hell. Everything okay? Has a sharp pain in your neck? Bladder in a bind? Have you trimmed your nose hairs? When you're ready, step inside. You know, you've been quite cocky lately. Well, more than the usual dose of self-assuredness. You think that being rank seven means you're hot shit, don't you? You're just raring to go. You've gone from dumb to dumber. Watching your meteoric rise of stupidity is truly painful to observe. The careless attitude of yours will be your undoing. And with that, I'm 500% certain you will die this time. But trust your force and head into the gardens of madness. Travis put away his phone as he walked along the beach. Ahead of him was a woman with a black bob cut, dressed in a bikini top and short shorts. On her hips rested grenades. Her left leg was clearly a metal prosthetic. Do you like fighting? Yup. Do you like killing? Live for it. Do you like fear? Can't say. Never felt it. Do you accept death? Death? Never crossed my mind. Death is the only truth. You are still a mere bud. That's not a good thing, you know. Seeking meaning in everything, especially killing. That's a bad habit among smart little girls these days. Come closer and you will understand everything. I'm ready. Anywhere, anytime. Just your ordinary assassin. Such a disappointment. Are you in the mood yet? Normal assassins don't shoot the shit like this. They see their target and they kill them. Travis ran towards Holly, but unexpectedly fell into a pit hole, hiding in the sands. Let's see you get out of this predicament. No prob. You'll see. Uh-huh. Holly giggled as she tossed a grenade into the hole. A pillar of fire shot out from the pit hole. A bud that will never blossom. A sad truth. Goodbye, my sweet seventh. Holly tossed three more grenades into the hole. Oh, crap! Travis shot into the air, bouncing upwards from the hole three times, each for every grenade thrown in. As he flipped through the air, Travis somehow landed on his feet. <sighs> nice trap. I like your style. Maybe I can steal a kiss before I steal your life. We'll see about that. Travis began to charge at Holly, but fell into another pit hole. He knew what would be coming in the hole soon and he quickly climbed out. As he made it out, Holly launched several missiles up into the air that traveled down right at Travis. The newbie assassin quickly ran, barely missing each missile. 
He charged at Holly, connecting a few swings with his beam katana. Holly swung her shovel in her hand, connected against Travis's head as she ran away. Travis shook it off as he ran after her, but he fell into another pit hole. Holly quickly grabbed a grenade, pulled the pin, and threw it into the hole. But she didn't realize Travis had already escaped, rushed at her, and knocked her over onto the ground. He pointed the tip of his beam katana in Holly's face. He waited, staring at her. What is this? Travis pulled his beam katana back. This is not mercy. You cannot kill a woman. Pathetic. If you can't kill a woman, you are less than a thug. You'll never make it to the top. That's okay. I seem to have a thing for stupidthetic men like you. I can accept defeat if it comes from your hand. I'll let you in on a secret. Assassins must die when they lose. Open your eyes and never look back. Promise. Never. Forget me. Huh? Thank you. The moment you hesitated, I felt your embrace. Holly pulled the pin off a grenade in her hand. Wait, hold up! Academics like to fantasize too, you know. Holly bit down on the grenade with her teeth. Wait! Number six! No! An explosion boomed out as Holly's head was blown off. (sighs) Forgive me, number six. I never meant to shame you. Travis walked closer to Holly's standing corpse and hugged her. Sylvia approached from behind with Talbot and Weber. Not a very smooth victory there, Travis, but a win is a win. That is all that matters. I hate to award this to you, but you are now sixth in rank. What was her name? That's not important anymore. You're right, but I owe her at least that. Holly Summers, born in... No, no. Just her name. Travis picked up Holly's body and carried it toward a hole dug in the sand. Forgive me, Holly. I was late in saying this, but I love your soul. Rest in peace. Travis dropped Holly's body down into the hole. All right, discussion time. Travis is sixth in rank. I think what's really interesting about Travis through these fights, and we see very different sides of him. And we see that in these two particular fights we just covered, which was Destroy Man and Holly Summers. Destroy Man, right, was very malicious and very kind of sneaky and just really downright, like, just nasty, right? And Travis really had no sympathy for him, right? He was very, he went very all out. He's very kind of, like, animalistic in his approach with Destroy Man. Though he was chivalrous, right? He did shake Destroy Man's hand, right? And then with Holly, he hesitates in killing her because she's a woman, And he learns through this process that it doesn't matter about the gender, assassin is an assassin that he has to fall through. Um, And that he really empathizes with her and shows her a lot of respect. So you see this, like, Travis, like, as much as he is this, like, animal assassin-esque kind of person, he does have a heart, which is interesting, right? I'm curious if, if you feel the same way, right? Yeah, there certainly seems to be some some conflict. I mean, even with the Destroy Man fight, like, he had Destroy Man stabbed, and Destroy Man was like, please help me. He's like, okay, fine, whatever. I've already beaten you. I don't care. I'll help you. And then Destroy Man, like, tries to kill him again. Um, so, like, even in those instances, he has, like, the sense of mercy that he doesn't really care about killing these people. He just, like, wants to be the best, and that's all that really is important to him. Uh, but, yeah, this fight is very different with, with how these two characters interact in a way that we haven't really seen yet. Um, Travis seems to very quickly, and I'm sure part of it is just because of the time we have, but very quickly, like, do they have this like connection and Holly respects Travis in his ability to fight and his, but at the same time is trying to teach him, like, like you said, you have to follow through. If you're going to start these fights, you have to to finish these fights, no matter who you're fighting, um, which is really interesting. But yeah, certainly it seems like there is more to Travis than we were initially shown and, and you're seeing growth or at least, not necessarily growth, maybe, but we're just seeing more to his character as we experience him in more situations. It'll be interesting to see if he does learn this lesson, right? I think that'll yeah. show if there really is growth. And that's what makes the story interesting. They could have totally just, like, done this as, like, a... Like, they could have done this, and then Travis doesn't learn a lesson later on. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with the other assassins, that the, if there are other female assassins, and if he can follow through or not. So it'll be kind of fun to kind of see what happens with that. But no, he's now he's number sixth in rank. He's doing a great job. His, his wins have been a little strange every now and then. Um, he tried to leave two people alive. 
It's interesting, right? Because Holly's saying that an assassin needs to die, right? But then Travis left Shinobu alive, and last we saw her, she's alive. So, uh, you know, is is are these rules truly rules, or are they morals for an assassin to have? So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens as the story goes on. Um, and now we are going to join Travis again as he continues his journey to be the fifth-ranked assassin. Yeah, halfway there. Halfway there, yeah. And it's only an hour and 15. Wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> After becoming the sixth-ranked assassin, Travis collected his entrance fee again and submitted it into the bank. He returned to his motel and received a call from Sylvia. Travis? Let me guess. You're out shopping? Wrong. I'm on vacation. Fiesta, baby. Shopping, not vacation. Ibiza's amazing. Almost as amazing as me. A hardworking girl never forgets the office, even on vacation. Hey, I don't want to interrupt your fiesta. Who's next? Hey, give me a second. Don't go anywhere, sweet thing. Sylvia checked her pockets. What? Huh? Yo, what's the problem? Something wrong? Hello? I'm getting a bad connection. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? The call was dropped. <laughs> Great. Little did Travis know that Sylvia had actually cut the line on purpose. She continued to dance. Woo! Shake it, baby! Oh, yeah! Travis got the coordinates to the next fight. It was located on the outskirts of Santa Destroy. As he drove his motorcycle to the location, he noticed a pool of blood. He drove by. Another pool of blood could be seen. Travis continued to follow the pools of blood as it led to a dead body abandoned in the outskirts. Next to the body was the entrance of a shelter built into the ground. He traveled inside and found a massively long hallway. Ahead of him was a mysterious figure in a trench coat. Travis couldn't make out their face, and the individual ran quickly away down the long hallway. As Travis continued forward, he realized assassins were stuffed inside, wanting to kill him in cold blood. Travis decimated the assassins as the mysterious individual continued to run out the shelter hall. As Travis made it to the end of the shelter, his phone began to ring. Travis, hello? Continue forward and you will enter the next rank match. The fifth rank awaits you if you win, and only eternal damnation awaits you if you lose. How are you feeling? No irritable rashes. Hit the john lately. Take care of those blackheads on your nose. Might I recommend a good hygiene set? When you're ready, step inside. Now don't tense up too much on this one. You've been slacking off a bit. You must maintain a steady tempo, we? You know what I mean, right? I'm sorry to say this, but I'm 1800% positive that you're going to die here. But trust your force and head into the Garden of Madness. At last, Doctor, it is time to wake up. Let's Shake stood on a large machine. The machine was known as Dr. Shake. A massive brain sat in the tank on the top of Dr. Shake. Let's Shake looked like a heavy metal rocker with his large dark blue mohawk, unique clothing, and an electric guitar on his back. Oh yeah, I feel good undulation. Your rumbling is excellent. I'm going to lose the bowel control. You the fifth ranked guy. Yeah, I have been waiting for you. You certainly sound like you're up for a fight. I am ready whenever you are. All right, then. Here I come. Let Shake laughed as he started Dr. Shake's attack sequence. Disaster blaster. Charging ignition. Ignition ready. Activating main engine. Activating sub-engine. Check. Cycle ratio 15%. Dr. Shake continued to charge as Travis ran towards his foes. All systems go. T minus five seconds. Maximum output, critical point exceeded. T minus three. Two, one. Fire. Eat this. A trench-coated figure wielding a purple beam katana fell from the sky. He cut Dr. Shake and Let Shake into two halves. The attack caused Dr. Shake to explode as both he and Let Shake were wiped out. Travis looked up at the mysterious man. He had a trench coat and a short, bowl-cut-like haircut. Travis touchdown, is it not? Son of a bitch! Fucking snatcher, I had them! Dance with me, Travis. A katana? This is interesting. What do you go by? Henry. Henry? 
Your instincts serve you well. I am... I don't know who you are or what you want, Sir Henry. Where are your manners? That was my kill, you naughty boy. Shall we get this over with, and don't hate me if I play a bad dirty? Fine by me. After you. They ran towards each other, but their fight was interrupted by Sylvia, who was blowing a whistle. Stop right there. The fight is over, Travis. You are now ranked fifth. We're just getting started. Perhaps you've forgotten. These fights are an official game. If your opponent dies for whatever reason, according to the rules of contact, it is your win. That's fucked up. That's the stupidest rule I've ever heard. This guy's mine, and you just want me to let him go? Bitch. Sylvia blew the whistle again. Rules are rules. You can't have what you can't have. Whatever. But this dude says he wants to fight, and ain't nobody gonna stop him. This ass clown over here. Who? Hey, he's gone. Sir Henry, motherfucker. He just jetted. What a pussy. Sorry, save that aggression for your next match. Who the hell was that guy? Travis, feeling frustrated, walked away. He returned back to Santa Destroy, and as usual, paid his entrance fee. You get the picture. He got a phone call from Sylvia as she was getting an oil rub. Travis, the next rank is fourth. Who is it? But come to think of it, it doesn't really matter, does it? I'm sending you a ticket for a show. Look nice. Let's go together. Number four will be there. A show? Wait, this is a date, right? Something like that. Why else would I be getting an oil rub? What? What did you say? Someone's rubbing you down? I'll see you later. Flustered, Travis received a letter from Sylvia that was slid under his door. Inside was a letter for two tickets. He was instructed to take the subway to get to the show, which is also to his next fight. Travis traveled to the subway, killing weak assassins and making it to his destination. Before getting on his last train, he got a call from Sylvia. Come on, you can do this. You're almost to the next ranked fight. Winners proceed to the fourth. Losers will also proceed to the eighth circle of hell. But you and I, Travis, we are going to paradise together. Take me by the hand and show me a world of drama and passion. One that I've never known before. Be sure to hit the bathroom first. As soon as you're ready, come for me. Don't leave me waiting. Today, little Sylvia has done herself up quite well. I must say, my skin is so silky and smooth. This charisma makeup artist, the most incredible color gradation ever. I really hate how she says, Dondaki, Dondaki, like some stupid bimbo. Will you look at that? Today you are going to win with 2,000% certainty. One hot night together, you and me, coming right up. A promise is a promise. Trust your force, Travis, and head for the Gardens of Madness. Travis took a number two and left the subway as he made it to the fight. He walked up several steps to the massive stone building. Sylvia waited for Travis in a stunning pink dress. You're late, handsome. Hurry, the show is about to start. What's with all the excitement? Sylvia locked arms with Travis. It is not every day you get to watch a big fight from VIP seats. Of course I am excited, but I am most excited being with you. Whoa, you're serious. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Oh shit, oh shit! I'm packing heat, baby! Wow. Travis and Sylvia enter the building. They sit down in their seats. All the other seats are empty, besides the ones Travis and Sylvia are sitting in. Ladies and gentlemen, and all killers out there, welcome to Harvey Volovsky's magic freak show of the century. It will be a killer night, so let's get started. It's showtime. Harvey, a magician dressed in a flamboyant blue outfit and a mask covering a quarter of his face, threw two knives at his assistants. The knives stabbed into his assistants, seemingly killing them. Oh my. Sylvia and Travis leaned forward in their seats as they realized the two assistants appeared uninjured. They applauded. Quiet, quiet, please. You know what to do. It is time for the last program. But you know today is a special day. And you, ladies and gentlemen, are lucky. So lucky, you might even get lucky. Now, one of you lucky people will be chosen up here with me. Who's it going to be? The lucky person is you. A spotlight appears over Travis's head. Wow, Travis, this is your lucky night. 
Me? They want me? Serious? You gotta be kidding. Go get him, Tiger. Come on, no need to be shy. Travis ran onto the stage like an excited little kid. Congratulations, you nasty little boy. Tell the audience your name. Travis Touchdown. It's a good name, don't you think? It's a fine name, indeed. You have your parents to thank for that. My parents are dead. Oops, touchy subject. A question that should not be touched upon. That's okay. Really, it is. There, there. Don't let it bother you. Hold on to your hopes and don't give up, my nasty little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid, but it's funny. It's good. Harvey handcuffed Travis to an X-shaped object. Thanks. I'll remember that. So you came to enjoy the show? Damn right I did. I was really looking forward to this. It's the last show, right? Last show? Did I hear you right? Oh, you heard me right. Harvey, you're gonna die tonight. Right here, by my hand. Let's close the curtains. I hope you aren't being serious. That would be a pity. We still have the main event to unveil. Playtime is over. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. A buzzsaw came to life as I went down on Travis, blood splurting out everywhere. He screamed in pain. On to the grand finale. Now this is entertainment. With a flash of light, Travis reemerged, screaming in delight. He was unharmed. He pulled out his beam katana and lit it on as Harvey readied his blue staff in one hand and red staff in the other. It's, it's killing, killing time. time. Travis and Harvey began to fight one another. Harvey sent pigeons at Travis as their small beaks smashed into him. Travis rushed at Harvey and landed a few blows with his beam katana before the magician magically disappeared to the other side of the stage. Harvey prepared himself as he spun like a top at Travis. The fifth-ranked assassin dodged the magician and threw his beam katana towards Harvey's eyes. Harvey's sight went completely black as Travis's beam katana had relieved the magician of his sight. It's dark. Somebody turn on the lights. I can't see shit. Oh, how am I supposed to perform in total darkness? Hit the lights. Hurry up. I can't see. It's dark. I am surrounded by darkness. Harvey is cuffed to the same X-shaped object Travis had been strapped to previously by his assistants as the buzzsaw came down upon him, killing him as the curtains closed. Sylvia appeared on stage with Travis. The name is Travis Touchdown. Thank you all for coming tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. I would also like to thank you for coming this evening. As a result, Travis Touchdown is now ranked fourth place. The sounds of cheering rang out through all the empty seats. And the show will go on. I hope to see you all again soon. And And have have a a good good night. night. Cheering could be heard from all the empty seats as the curtains closed. Travis and Sylvia share a kiss behind the curtain. All right, so... Yeah, no, right? Now things are getting steamy. All the times that Sylvia said that she's not interested in, she seemingly might be more interested than she maybe had thought. But we're, we're stopping now. We've been through the next two fights. Uh, let's shake and Dr. Shake for the fifth and then Harvey for the fourth. Yeah. Um, very interesting how the fifth fight was relieved from Travis, from this mysterious stranger. Um, but I'm curious your thoughts on let's shake and Harvey. Which, by the way, Harvey has like this like Transylvanian accent, so Ryan killed it. Good job. That's, that's <laughs> not best. an easy one to do. Um, Let's shake was interesting. He he had like was charging up some super robot, and that's really all we got of him. He was certainly an interesting and kind of like a silly fun character. Um, yeah, he has like that German punk rock feel. It seemed like that they were going for. Um, it yeah, was really fun and interesting. Uh, and then Henry was wild, like just this wacky musician, this very eccentric, wacky magician. Oh, Harvey. Like, yeah, Harvey. Yeah, uh, yeah, Harvey. Yeah, wacky magician. That was really interesting, um, and made some for very fun back and forth. Um, but this this seems like more of more of the similar. We didn't get a ton of like emotional or character development here, other than between mm-hmm. like Sylvia and and Travis. Um, but like as characters, they were just kind of fun, wacky, interesting folks. Um, we did learn a little bit more about the rules of, of the game, apparently, from Sylvia. But, yeah, interesting mm. fights. Interesting fights. In the game, I always thought it was so weird that in this moment, at the end of the fight against Harvey, there's all these cheering and applause, but there's no one else in these seats. And I was thinking about it and how, like, it made me think, like, is 
could maybe this be a hint or a clue or maybe it's like this kind of like wild theory that maybe Travis is just being super delusional, right? Like it's all these cheering, all this applause from no one, but he's like, he's reveling in it, right? Though there's no one else there. So I'm curious, like, it makes me wonder, like, is this all truly happening? Is he kind of just lost his mind? You know, like it makes me kind of feel like there's like something else going on here that we're truly not, we're, we're totally not aware of just because how crazy wild this whole story is. It makes me wonder if he's like delusional. I don't know. Do you do you think that could be possible? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, certainly it might explain some of the the wackiness and wildness of it all. That Travis is 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 in some way just like lost his whole mind. And I mean, I don't think any like you know sane or or. Um, that's the right way to say this but i don't know any like non-sociopathic individual you know what i mean would, would be a part of yeah. this assassin's guild where they're just like murdering people just because like because they can um i don't think you could do that without being a little bit like not um completely mentally stable so it certainly is it certainly is possible yeah yeah and last question i'm curious ryan who do you think henry is yeah that was really interesting i mean my my like what I'm assuming is, is because they've introduced him, he's going to be important for later because, like, Chekhov's gun, right? If they introduce mm-hmm. him, then he has to have something to do later in the game. I'm assuming he's, like, a higher-ranked person, or alternatively, he is somebody who, like, is just trying to destroy this Assassin's Guild for some reason because he thinks it's dumb. Or maybe, like, similar to Travis, he, like, rose to the top and realized it was stupid, and now he's just looking for a good fight. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see, but it, it was an interesting introduction of a character. It was It was a very good way to add this hook of a, of a character yeah it'll be interesting to see if he comes back or you know important at all yeah his beam, his beam katana is really cool it's a purple katana but the guard the the kind of the, the guard for the handle has four little beams coming out of either side of the hilt so it's kind of like the kylo ren even saber, cooler, but though. it's but even cooler yes <laughs> yeah. instead of having two he has four right. um Which so, makes more and, sense. And no one yeah yeah i remember about the whole fuss about kylo ren's saber and how it wasn't like practical no one said that about henry's so henry's must be cooler so and <laughs> yeah. it's purple yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now it'll be interesting to see where he comes in later if he comes in at all <sighs> who could say being fourth ranked travis paid his next fee blah 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 you know the drill sylvia called while doing some yoga travis well this is the big three where are you now yoga class right you go ahead and do that thanks your next opponent is a witch. She lives in an abandoned place called Speed City. A witch? Travis, don't die, okay? Travis got ready to leave his motel room when he found another letter under his door. Inside was a bus ticket. Travis put the ticket in his pocket and walked out the door. Behind him, his small little cat named Jean followed him. Travis got to the bus station as the assassins waited for him there. He dispatched them and got on the bus, which was packed with even more assassins. Annoyed, Travis painted the inside of the bus with blood as he wiped out the assassins trying to kill him. As the bus pulled into Speed City, he got a phone call from Sylvia. Travis, hello? Next up is a ranked match. Win, and rank three is yours. Lose, and you're sitting on the devil's lap. Did you have any sweet dreams? If you didn't dream about me, I'll fucking kill you, I swear. If I ever hear you say another woman's name in your sleep, you'll wake up the next morning with your joystick missing. Got it? Anyway, make sure you go to the bathroom first, and when you're ready, step inside. Now, Travis, don't be getting a funny ideas. Things between you and me have not changed one bit. You are still a loser. Nothing can change that. Honestly, where do you think you're headed? There are legions of more powerful opponents out there. Never forget that. Keep your feet on the ground, your head out of the clouds, and a stiff upper lip. I am 3,602,600,218% certain you will die. But trust your force and head to the Gardens of Madness. Travis arrived at Speed City and spotted Jean, his cat, walking down the street. Panicking, Travis followed her to try and get her back. Down the street... Travis spotted his master, Thunder Ryu, the man who taught Travis how to be strong with his mind and body. Thunder Ryu was a former Japanese professional wrestler turned Yakuza who ran his own workout gym. He wore a black suit with the jacket open and showing his white button up. He was holding off a powerful beam of light with his beam katana. The beam was coming from straight ahead of him down the abandoned road. Master! Stay back. 
This one is mine, so back off. A noise came from Thunder Ryu's right as he spotted Jean the cat. A cat? You frightened me for a second, kitty. Master! A beam shot out as Thunder Ryu was caught off guard. It pushed him back against the wall behind him as he struggled to stop it. How could I have been so? I'm coming, master. Do not interfere. This is a duel. Don't do anything stupid. But I have nothing left to teach you. Aim for the top. Remember, master your katana, and the power will be yours. The beam got stronger as Thunder Ryu couldn't hold back anymore. It pushed through the former professional wrestler as his body exploded. Master! Travis screamed out in agony. Straight ahead of him was a woman dressed in black. She was heavy-set and wore a large black sun hat on top of her. In front of her was a grocery cart full of food. She peered at Travis through her black shades. Why are all men so frickin' ignorant? They never learn. No matter how old they get, they never learn. You are the third-ranked assassin, bitch. Speedbuster was her name as she pulled up her grocery cart handle, which shot out all the food as the cart began to transform. Ah, uh, you were saying, Sonny? I asked you if you were ranked third. What? What did you say? Speedbuster's cart continued to transform as a large barrel came forth in front of it. Exhausts were on either side as the engine began to run. I said, are you the third-ranked assassin, Granny? What? Say that again? See, I'm kind of hard of hearing. I can't hear much these days. Are you ranked third? Ah, this time I heard you. Yes, I am. Okay, there, it's complete. That's right. Don't you see, idiots? All men are. Why should I even bother killing you? Even if you had nine lives, it wouldn't be enough. I just love losers who don't care about their own lives. The fight began as Travis ran at Speedbuster. She was far, far away, down a completely barren road with debris and empty houses on either side. Travis could hear a weird sound as he saw the same beam of light charging at him. He dodged into a nearby abandoned home as he continued to travel up on his way to kill Speedbuster. Speedbuster continued to fire a cannon in the hopes of killing the otaku assassin. Travis continued to dodge a laser beam from Speedbuster's cannon, running through debris as he got closer and closer to her. Travis made it as far as he could through the debris and found a telephone pole. Hoping for the best, Travis cut the pole at its base with his beam katana that caused the adjacent poles to each fall down like dominoes, and somehow onto Speedbuster's cannon. The falling telephone pole caused the cannon to malfunction as Travis ran up to confront Speedbuster. As he made it to her, Travis cut the barrel of the cannon down in the middle as he jumped up and landed straight in front of Speedbuster. Pretty good, boy. Damn right. I'm an apprentice of the master. Thunder Ryu, he was a good man. And I hope one day you'll be as good as he was. Count on it. A little present for you. Speedbuster gave Travis a kiss. Farewell. And good night. Travis cut Speedbuster's head off as it flew through the air and landed hard on the ground. Sylvia approached with Talbot and Weber in tow as the latter two cleaned up Speedbuster's dead body. Congratulations, you're officially ranked third. Sylvia picked up Speedbuster's head and threw it to Talbot, who panicked as he caught it. Only two more to go. It is really cool how they all die. Travis returned back to Santa Destroy, entered his next entrance fee, got his next fight. A pigeon burst through his window of his motel room. Attached to its foot was a letter. What the f- A letter? What do we got here? Don't come looking for me. Sylvia Crystal. Some trouble at home? She quit her job? What the hell is this all about? The rank two match will be at Destroy Stadium. Aren't I a hard-working girl? Ugh. Not the baseball stadium again. Okay, Sylvia. Only two more to go. I'm going all the way. That's a promise.
Travis went back to destroy Stadium again, like when he fought Dr. Peace in his ninth-ranked fight. However, this time, he traveled into the back of the stadium, and not the front. He took his motorcycle and jumped the back gate as he rode into the baseball field. Assassins, dressed in baseball uniforms again, tried to kill him, but he ran over them all without a second thought. With them all dead, Travis entered the stadium as he got a phone call. Next up is a ranking match. Win and you'll be second. Lose and you go to hell. Please use the restroom. When you're ready, head inside. Good luck, Travis. Trust your force and head for the Gardens of Madness. Travis listened to Sylvia, using the restroom, before quickly entering where the second-ranked assassin waited. He immediately noticed her. She was in a pink frilly dress and stockings. She had long blonde hair, and in her hand was a bloody baseball bat. She stood in front of a conveyor belt that came to life. Men dressed in S&M suits began to come down the belt. With all of her might, the female assassin smashed her bat into the S&M men, seemingly killing them as they went down the belt. Home run! She was the assassin known as Bad Girl, and she continued to whack multiple men wearing S&M suits as they continued to go down the conveyor belt. This is insane. Phew, what a day. I need a drink. So fucking thirsty. Hold on a sec. Bad Girl walked over to her refrigerator and grabbed a can of beer as she opened it and quickly drank it. Damn, that's smooth. I feel alive again. Want a drink? I'll pass. Pop quiz. Why am I such an angry bitch? Seriously, no matter how many I kill, it's all the same. They're all going to pay. Yeah, with their fucking lives. You're a bad girl. You have no right to look at me like that. It's just a job. The daily grind. You're no assassin. You're just a perverted killing maniac. In essence, they're the same. Don't go thinking you're better than me. You think you're hot shit. Who the fuck do you think you are? Come on. The fight began as Travis pulled out his beam katana and connected it against Bad Girl's bat. They were in a standoff as they pushed one another away. Bad Girl ran back at Travis, continuing to swing her bat at him. She quickly maneuvered to her conveyor belt, which came back onto life, and more S&M men came down the conveyor belt. Bad Girl used her bat to knock them forward from the conveyor belt, trying to use them as projectiles to hurt Travis. They stood up from the ground, attacking Travis, but he made quick work of them. Bad Girl poured alcohol onto her bat and lit it on fire, continuing to swing it wildly at Travis. As he dodged her attacks, Travis found a quick opening as he rammed his beam katana into her stomach. Naughty girls need spankings. Maybe you forgot. I'm a bad girl. Bad Girl knocked Travis down with her bat and continued to whack him, with the beam katana still inside of her. I won't lose. I never lose. Ugh! I give up! You win! Yes, I've won! Bad Girl giggled as she fell to the ground, on top of Travis, dead. Talbot and Weber were waiting behind Travis. Sylvia was not in sight. On behalf of Sylvia Crystal, I'm here to tell you that you are now officially ranked second. <sighs> Thanks. That was a close one. Almost didn't make it. It was a fine fight, sir. Shit. That was close. Travis fell to the ground and passed out. All right. Travis is second. He's second he in rank. Yeah. He fought Speedbuster and Bad Girl. I'm curious what your thoughts are on these two assassins. <laughs> Not when I first played it, and you know, I still think this, to this day when I played the game, I just feel like they're so... It's so interesting. They're the, they're the last. They're the third and second. They're not what I expected to be the like top assassins. You know what I mean? Like someone with a stationary cannon and and a, a kind of a maniac perverted girl. You know, like so to speak. Um, but I, th- I think I kind of like that they're so kind of out there and not what I expected. I think it would have been boring if it was kind of like a professional like hitmany kind of guy. Ninja like you know, be like hit- yeah, yeah, ninja yeah. Or like hitman. Like you know, like from the game hitman, like standing there, or like you know what I mean? Like it would have yeah. been kind of weird. So they're kind of like fun. I'm curious what you think, though, Ryan. What are you thinking so far? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Every every, I, I like the format of of the experience of the narrative, where you get 
these there's this overarching story that runs throughout the entire and it's in the background of this this sylvia which is now in a different place than it was at the beginning or we're not even seeing sylvia after this fight which is interesting and we're not sure why what's going on there so there's some interesting questions as well each of these fights is like a little vignette that's giving us a little bit of something sometimes it's it's just this wacky character who travis has to kind of we learn more about travis has the engage with um or it's it's like with um Speedbuster? That, was that their name? Yeah. Speedbuster, we get Travis's master is there for some reason, and his cat is there for some reason, which again, yeah. it gives us like some interesting context, and it does the, whether it's intentional or not, it does like the very cheesy, the master has to die to inspire the apprentice. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like really hamming it up and leaning into that. And it's like for no good reason other than just because like that's what's expected in these types of experiences. So it's almost like right. tongue in cheek in that way, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see where it goes for the last assassin. I, I may, my, my initial guess is like, is the last assassin Sylvia? And that's why she's like, so like upset now because she knows like they have to fight or is there something else oh, going on here? Um, that's a really good guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure what's, what's going on here, but it's, it's interesting. That's a really good guess. Yeah. I'm, I, I kind of realized too, I could have done a better job representing Travis's master and his cat. Like, Jean is his cat. You can play with her anytime you're in the motel room. It doesn't do anything, it's just kind of cute. Like, Travis loves his cat greatly. And then Thunder Ryu is someone in the game where you go to to pay money and then do like a small little mini game and get stronger or get more like health or, you know, like things like that. Um, so, and, and it's interesting because, like, when you see in the beginning of the game, Thunder Ryu is in person. Obviously, he's not dead. And he's like, what are you doing? Let's get to training. And like he says kind of like some like sexual innuendos, like he's attracted to Travis in a weird way, like <laughs> every now and then, which is interesting. And then after his death, he's still at the workout place, but as a ghost. So like he'll still talk to <laughs> you <fun>. as a ghost. <laughs> so it's almost, you're right. It almost very is like a little bit of a Star Wars-y kind of thing. Like the apprentice has to die for the master, or for, uh, the master has to die for the apprentice to succeed him. And if the master's still there in some way, she perform like, Star Wars, like, Highlander kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, so it's just really interesting to play that way. And it may not be the only Star Wars reference we see. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> but we're on to the last fight. Yeah. This is it. This is it. See, and I'm curious. Actually, Ryan, that was a really interesting guess. I never thought of that before. So I'm curious if you're right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Paying his last entry fee, Travis found a number left on his desk some time ago and called it. Why didn't I call this number in the first place? Hello? Hello. May I ask who's calling? This is the Assassin's Association, right? Look, I gotta talk to you about- Oh dear. She's done it again, hasn't she? Hey, are you listening? Excuse me for a second, but are you by chance an assassin? (laughs) Don't tell the whole world. Then you have been had, sir. You are not her first. What? Run that by me again. Listen to me. Do not get involved, whatever you do. Listen, lady. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Who are you, anyway? Another sorry kid. And for the record, I'm Sylvia's mother. Mother? Yes, you heard me. And there's no such thing as an association, or whatever you think exists. You're joking, right? Do you know how many people I've killed? She is a professional con artist. You mean a fraud? Are you telling me this is all bullshit? She set everything up. Would you mind telling me how far this all went? I'm now second in rank. So just one more to go. Alrighty, why not play along, since you've come this far? Are you serious? What's the point? This is all just some make-believe charade. But a good man finishes what he started. Fight to the end. Your most formidable opponent awaits in the castle. Now off to the Garden of Madness. After petting Jean goodbye... Travis left his room only to find a man, cloaked in black space gear, riding off with his spell tiger, his motorcycle. Running after the man in the direction he rode off, Travis found his motorcycle abandoned by the on-ramp of the highway. As he got on it, more men that looked like the same who had stolen his bike rode onto the highway's ramp. Travis got on his motorcycle and followed them. Multiple of the men in black attacked Travis on the highway as he was able to run them off of the road. He took the next exit as he found himself on a road with forest on either side of him. He jumped on an open bridge high into the air, which helped him get over a large wall. He and his bike landed hard onto the ground. 
The spell tiger was out of commission, and all that was ahead was a barren forest covered in fog. As Travis traveled through the forest, he could almost see the ghost of his dead master, Thunder Ryu, pointing the way in the right direction. As Travis made it to the end of the forest, he got a phone call. Travis, can you hear me? It's Sylvia. I never thought you'd made it this far, but I'm sorry. I cannot see you anymore. I want to fly by your side right now. I want to be in your arms. I want to be with you. I want to share my life with you, no matter the cost. Meeting you, I've, I've truly felt alive for the first time. I mean that. But feelings and reality are two different things. Life's not that simple, yes? Now be honest. Did you really think I'd let you do me if you hit number one? You really are an idiot, aren't you, Travis? Come back to reality. I mean, look at yourself. You're a dopey otaku assassin. Bottom of the barrel. No woman would be caught dead with you. Unless she was a desperate bitch. Where in the world could you find a woman who could fall in love with someone like you? Well, one is right here. It was fun, Travis. I love you. And don't forget to use the restroom. Trust your force and head to the Garden of Madness. Travis said nothing as he put his phone away and walked through a gate to find himself in a barren desert with old stone pillars on either side. A man walked up, donning a cape and metal dragon mask. He was the assassin known as Dark Star. Welcome to my castle. I heartily receive you, my son. All right, enough with the jokes. A joke? You don't remember me, Travis. I am your true father. Blood does not make such mistakes. From the top of his mask, Dark Star pulled out his beam katana. It was large and circled and frailed through the air like a whip. It was furious like a dragon. Jeez, you are full of it, aren't you? It's a good story, I'll give you that much. We'll see if this is just another story. Even if you were my father, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters here is who's best. Remember, son. Engraved into your memory is the night that changed everything. I fell on my feet right before my son's eyes. Dark Star pulled up his iron mask to reveal his face. Do you not remember this? In my deepest memories, I hear someone calling. Travis had a flashback of his parents, dead on the floor, blood covering everything as a woman in her underwear stood over them, a bloody knife in her hand. I remember. It was a hot summer day. There was someone standing behind my father and mother. That person killed my parents. The face. I can't make it out. Who are you? Remember. Who are you? Try harder. I think I can see it. Almost. Do you remember the face? Now I remember. Everything. Well done, son. She was the girl you loved. Suddenly, Dark Star was attacked from behind. A fist went straight through his groin. Dark Star groaned as he fell over and died from blood loss. The person who killed Dark Star was a female with blonde hair and red eyes. She wore red and white clothing that resembled that of a martial artist. On her hands were padded gloves used to fight with. Travis knew her. He knew her all too well. He had loved her once. Loved her with his entire heart. Her name was Jean, Travis's ex-girlfriend. You're as gullible as ever, Travis. Think, why would he be your father? <laughs> I guess you're right. I don't have a father. At least not anymore. You killed him, didn't you? Yes, and that's why you became an assassin. To kill me. Now I get it. All those fights, it was for this. Travis thought back to his first meeting with Sylvia at the bar. He remembered being drunk and talking about how Jean took everything from him. He remembered Sylvia offering him a chance for revenge. She's a good con artist, that's for sure. She set up some killer fights. So you and I finally meet. You should thank Sylvia. Jean... There's just one thing I want to ask you. Who are you? Me? You don't need to know. 
All of your trivial, all your trivial questions will be answered in the afterlife. Answer me. It's impossible. Impossible. What do you mean? It's too terrible. It alone would jack up the age rating of this game even further. So what? Who cares? What if the game gets delayed? You don't want this to become No More Heroes Forever, do you? Alright, I'll fast forward this so you can tell me. Okay, I'll make it short and quick. You are my half-brother. You know that manga called Miyuki? The Japanese one? Well, it's like that. Your father abandoned my mother to run off with your mother. It broke her heart beyond repair. She killed herself, knowing I had nowhere to go. He took advantage of me. Ever since I can remember, he molested me. We lived in this rotten apartment, and I was his slave. Every day, I cursed his soul. I swore I would kill him one day, but cursing didn't change anything. That's when I decided to become a killer. With no money to pay for training, I paid with my body. But to you. I bet that son of a bitch looked like a hard-working family man. It was all an act. He didn't give two shits about cleaning up my life, so I decided to clean it up myself. That's what I'd do. And I got what I wanted, killing him in front of your very eyes. That's my story. Imagine that. You and I. Brother and sister. Now you see what I've been through. Maybe it had to be done. But vengeance begets vengeance. You're right. Go ahead. Draw, brother. All of your sorrows end today, Jean. Travis and Jean prepared themselves as they began to fight. Jean smashed her fist into Dark Star's katana, causing it to fire out and form a ring around herself and Travis. Neither could escape. Jean was a master martial artist. Each of her strikes were aimed to kill Travis instantly. Travis felt so many emotions run through him as he continued to fight. Jean dodged and weaved through Travis's attack as she pushed forward with her fists, sending Travis flying backwards. He stood, quickly getting close to Jean and landing blows with his beam katana. As he tried to end her, Jean used her foot to stop his attack as they struggled against one another. As Travis pushed through, Jean punched into his chest. Travis stopped and stared at the fist embedded inside of him. As Jean smiled triumphantly, suddenly, from the sky... Shinobu jumped down with a sword in hand and sliced off Jean's arm. Jean stood back as blood sprayed from her wound. Shinobu yelled out, Do it! Shinobu screamed to Travis. Right. Brother, please don't kill me. Sorry, Jean. This hurts me too. We're both in the same business after all, and I've had enough. Time for you to rest, Jean. Good night, Travis. I hope your next dream is a more pleasant one. Travis cut Jean into three pieces as she fell dead. It's over. This is where it all ends. Right, Sylvia? Travis stood over Jean's corpse as Shinobu walked off without saying a word. Sylvia appeared from behind a nearby pillar. Time passes as we find Travis back at his motel room. He was the number one ranked assassin as he thought about his accomplishments while sitting on the toilet. It's finally over. Suddenly, a beam katana sliced through Travis's bathroom door as a man named Emmerman Palmer walked in. Whoa, can a guy get some privacy? At least when he's taking a dump? I'm afraid not. These fights don't work like that. It's time to die, first rank. You gotta be shitting me. Without warning, Emmerman is sliced in two as his upper half of his body fell to the floor. Behind him was a man in a trench coat Travis had seen before. He was holding the same purple beam katana. It was Henry. We hurry up with that. I'll be outside. Whew. That was close. Thanks. What an idiot. You're a disgrace to yourself and all those you've killed. Travis puts his pants back on and heads outside. In the parking lot of the No More Heroes Motel, Travis and Henry fight one another. Beam Katana against Beam Katana. They are evenly matched. Damn it! That's all you've got, Travis. Don't make me laugh. Mind if I ask you something? Sure. Why the hell do you call me Travis? Travis, like you're my friend or something. Who the fuck do you think you are? You can't be serious all this time and you didn't realize. What are you talking about? I'm your twin brother. What the hell? That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Why would you bring up something like that the very last minute of the game? I would have thought you and the player would have at least expected 
a twist of fate of some kind. What? And hey, where's Sylvia anyway? She'd disappear without a trace. Where the hell is she? Sylvia? You mean my wife? What? Wife? Yes, you know, spouse, soulmate. Henry's wife, get the idea. When did you two get married? About ten years ago. Yes, that's right. We were both in college at that time. Oh, shit. All news to me. I'm gonna need some shock therapy to get over this one. I'm sorry for all the trouble my wife has caused you. Forgive her. She caused me some trouble, all right. But it helped me clear up a lot of things. You know how women are, especially my wife. A really big spender. Yeah, she knew my income wasn't enough, so every now and then she'd just disappear. She's a bad wife, but a good woman. What? Are you telling me that you and her? Oh, come on. But Travis, my brother, we are similar in many ways. You're right. Suddenly, you being my brother doesn't sound so awkward. Let me ask you. Travis and Henry clash their beam katanas against one another as they run out of the motel parking lot and down the street. How do you plan to end all of this? Wait a second. You want me to tie up all these loose ends? I don't think so. You're the protagonist. I'm just the cool, handsome foil who happens to be your twin brother. Hate to say it, but it's your job. I want to bail. But where the hell's the exit? There's no way out, is there? No getting out. Right, bro? That's right. All we can do is keep running. Then let's find that exit they call paradise. They broke off from their clash and stood facing each other. Let's, let's go. go! Travis and Henry jump and clash it again as they freeze and the image turns into that of a painting. The view moves back to find a young girl who is looking at the painting on the wall. Next to her is Sylvia. You like this painting, don't you? Let's go, Jean. Sylvia and Jean walk away from the painting. The end. I'm so confused. I'm so lost. <laughs> so many twists and turns. So many twists and turns. So, 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 yeah, I'll help you. It's a lot happens at the very end of this game. So, yeah. Travis in the beginning of this game had just gotten broken up or had been broken up with at some point by his lover, Gene. Also his sister. He, who he comes to find out is his half-sister <laughs> right, later right. on, which is really messed up when you think about it. Yeah. And it sounds like Gene had a really bad life because of Travis's father. Right. And it's, it's pretty oh. confusing, but it's implied that, like, Dark Star, who was pretending to be Travis's father, was not his true father, and that he's trying to trick Travis. It's very confusing in that regard. <laughs> but, yeah, so Travis kills Gene. And this was all a way for Sylvia to help Travis accomplish his revenge against Gene. While making some money. Well, apparently making some money, yes. Um, because she's a big spender. <laughs> Sylvia is also Henry's wife for 10 years. <laughs> right. But now it is heavily implied Gene is their child. Right. So, she, yeah. They've named, Sylvia named her child after the woman that she helped Travis murder. Yes. Gotcha, okay. Yep, yep. And Gene is also the name of the cat that Travis has throughout the whole game. Yeah. Which is that significance. Yeah. So, and then the very end, the, the two clash, you know, they, they freeze frame as they're about to slice each other. And it's this like, really cinematic thing. The, the Santa Destroy, which is the location, like logos in the middle with the flag, like waving in this picture. And then as it zooms out, you see young Gene, who is, you know, implied to be Travis's spawn with so this Sylvia. Is feasibly years later. Yes, yeah. Or at least a few years later after she's born. So, um, but yes, so that is, that is kind of what happens. It's, it's everywhere. And, and then also, Shinobu's back. And I didn't, I should have said this in the script, but her arm is reattached. That was cut off by Travis. Yeah. Um, or actually, no, I'm sorry. It's not, I think it's like robotic, is what I think it is actually. She has like a black glove, like Star Wars. Yeah. And Dark Star is very much like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's very out there. And they both have being katanas and you know so it's it's very out there but that yes that is the story of no more heroes <laughs> Travis becomes number one yeah the uaa was never really a thing um but so and, wait is this does this mean that any other assassin he runs into are also somebody who's been tricked by sylvia yes gotcha <laughs> so, yeah yeah okay supposedly that's kind of what it sounds like yeah yeah you know it sounds like it was all made up for travis's revenge but so it's it's, not, it's kind of there's really no definitive i think answers for this whole thing it's kind of right. everywhere because so, feasibly but, all these assassins 
are in on it or they have paid because they they call him like number right they call him like d- d- number six and yeah, yeah so they're also seemingly in on it or have have also bought into this idea yeah i don't i don't think they're like th- i don't think they're all doing it for travis i think they all have some kind of investment in it as well but it's weird because like what are they getting from it if <laughs> a, a gene is the number one yeah. he needs to kill right and it doesn't make any and that's where i think that delusion theory comes into place like yeah. why it's just so crazy and all just kind of works for travis and they even break the fourth wall at the very end of the game between travis and henry like you want me to wrap all these plot holes up before the game's over like he knows it's a game yeah. and he continues to kind of go with it so it's kind of everywhere and that's what's so great about no more heroes it's just complete <laughs> nonsense that yeah. doesn't take itself too seriously but has like really serious moments yeah. you know and it's really sad like he has to kill his own sister lover yeah thing um but yeah didn't i mean when you guessed sylvia as the last fighter i thought that would be a fun i got a really cool twist <laughs> yeah. um but no it's 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 gene this person that's and you see like there's like a picture of gene i think somewhere in his apartment that he has kept of her but you never know she looks very much like sylvia which i think is it comes that like a, a drawn you know attraction to her so yeah. okay wow what a time yeah, and then Henry is the twin brother, which is out of nowhere. <laughs> they don't even like look very much alike in a sense. Like you never would like think they're the twin brothers, but and okay, Henry granted, like for, yeah. has like a different accent and is, it went to college feasibly. <laughs> and like they, they, I think they go further into his story in the sequel. Okay. So okay, and that's gotcha. the thing. And I didn't put this in the script because it was kind of it's for like the game only. But like they're like you see Sylvie and she goes, "That's it. Too bad there's no sequels, huh?" And then she like pulls down a drape that says Finn, like finish. And then the next scene is a to be continued in like Back to the Future lettering. So <laughs> yeah. it's just constant back very and forth between like, your expectations. Very like pop culture, like, yeah. Very, yeah, but very like, this is going to happen and then it doesn't happen. Or this isn't going to happen and it happens. So like, it's just never a clear answer as to what's going on. So it's, yeah, that is, that's No More Heroes, wow, the original. Yeah. Another time. Yeah, it's <laughs> twists and turns. and It's the characters that they just think it's so interesting. Yeah, and I, I think there is certainly something to be said by, like, it not taking itself too seriously and just, like, throwing these things. It's 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 playing with these tropes that are so common in, in pop culture, and it's, it's kind of twisting them and making them even more wacky for the purposes of this story you're saying. Look how ridiculous this is when you guys do this. This is how silly this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And they love it. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a mockumentary. Or it's like a mock um but like in an appreciative way yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of tropes in it but it, so it makes it so fun mm-hmm. yeah. so i'm curious ryan what your favorite who your favorite assassin was that you oh man um, if you had to pick i know i'm asking a lot because you just you just heard this story i mean so many assassins okay. um i mean um harvey was kind of fun and wild mm-hmm. um i think maybe between Harvey and Dr. Peace is an interesting character as well. I mean, like, as far as, like, most impactful to the story, probably Holly is most impactful to the story, like, and really, like, like emotionally anyway, like, having this, like, really big emotional change in Travis. Um, and he follows through on what he learned with Holly, because then yeah. he fights, I think, three, yeah, three female mm-hmm. assassins, and he kills them all. Yeah. He doesn't hesitating. let them live. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he really does follow through on what he said he would do. Yeah, then maybe Holly. Holly seemed to have like the most like impact on Travis as as at least like character wise what we saw. Um, other than like obviously like Jean or um, right. I mean, I guess in some ways, uh, whatever his name is, Doctor Dark Dark Star. But it, yeah, he Dark Star kind of felt like um, uh, like just a bait and switch. Like here's this exactly. like big spooky powerful character, but he's actually like useless and doesn't serve anything other than to be ridiculous. Um, but again, it, that that interaction, like, I think further enforced your idea that this is all in Travis's head, because here's, like, this character whose purpose is just to, for some reason, he knows who killed Travis's parents and wants him to remember um, in this really weird, wild way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's never really explained if, like, I, I don't think it's a delusion, but I think it makes total sense as of why it would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make, it's just so nonsensical and out there. Right. Yeah. So, but... But no, I, I just think I just think it's such a unique story. Yeah, that's what makes Sonoma Heroes so fun. Um, it's again, I wouldn't say it's a great game necessarily. I think it's a really fun time because of the characters and their interactions. I think that's what makes it. If it was any less interesting with the characters themselves, I don't think it would be fun. 
and just how nonsensical it is. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and that's what I love about it. So, yeah. Brian, that was the story of Nora Heroes. Did you like yeah. it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think overall I liked it. I think it was fun and wild and wacky um, as, as a story that isn't taking itself too seriously and really just exploring all these different tropes in pop culture Yeah. Um, in a really fun and interesting way. It, it, in the end, it, it kind of went all kind of different ways, but I think that was, I think that was again, further leaning into what it was trying to do. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's the story of No More Heroes. Hopefully, storygoers, you <laughs> yeah. liked it. I think it's a fun time, and there's yeah. more games from it. So if you do like it, let us know. Please send us your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to Tales in the Cartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. DM us or comment on our posts. Let us know what you think. We will happily send you a Tales in the Cartridge sticker. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Let us know which episodes you want us to cover next, what games you'd like us to cover. We already have the rest of the year, but you can try to see if you can change our minds. <laughs> yeah, We're sure. open-minded Please people. Do. Until next time, storygoers, I hope you're doing well. Stay safe, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Shake it, baby. Oh, yeah. I think she says, like, woo, shake it, baby. Like, okay. that kind of, yeah, <laughs> okay, I think right. so. <laughs> Woo! Shake it, baby. Oh yeah. You wanna do three, two, one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one. It's, it's killing, killing time. time. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> Did you really think I would let you? <laughs> Did you really think I'd let you do me if you hit number one? What are you talking about? I'm your twin brother. It's like a a soap opera. It really is. Why are all men so freaking ignorant?